welcome back to another United Nerve Reviews. Of course, we're back for more Last of Us. And of course, back again, as always, is my co-host, Joel. What's up, everybody? And of course, Marcelo as well. Hi, everybody. Happy, uh, happy episode three, Last of Us Day. Uh, this, uh, this was an episode for sure. We're going to get into it, right? But, uh, you know, everybody's been joking around. You know, we came for zombie horror, gore, and infections, and violence, and action. And what we got this episode, guys, was some of the best love, story, character building that we've gotten in an hour and 20-ish minutes, right? One of the best, one of the best love stories on TV. And, uh... I'm here for it, guys. This is this is good. I'm good with the uh, I'm good with the deviation from the game for this. It's a good, it gets a good yeah. pass for me. Yeah. Well, kind of like what Neil said uh, when making Last of Us. Last of Us is a story about love and kind of the the good and the bad sides of love. And of course, um, they had to give us give us the good kind in the way that we weren't expecting. And I, as of recording this on on Tuesday night, um, I don't think the world has healed yet from the emotional uh, stress that everybody went yeah. through. Yeah, I, I think after we're done with this podcast, I think I'm going to put just this episode on for uh, Emma just to see how she feels about it like no context i'm just gonna throw her right oh, into episode Lord. three and <laughs> so that's that's what's interesting um before we really go heavy in the spoilers um kind of thinking about it they actually made this episode very perfect to just give to somebody because mm -hmm. in the beginning of this episode like joel and ellie kind of give you a recap without giving you a recap of what's going on and it's like the perfect amount of information to understand what the world that they're in so maybe uh you know it'll be a perfect episode to show uh emma who knows yeah i know absolutely uh yeah this was i mean we're three episodes in it's still so early to say but probably top, top three favorite episodes of tv i think just across the board across everything Top three, definitely. I just, this was so well written. It was so emotional. It was so, I personally feel like they really put in, they gave it all to really flesh out these characters, which again, uh, well, should we get into spoilers just so I can kind of well, dive in or well, what do you got we, to say? Before we get into spoilers, I, I want to, I want to get Joel's non-spoiler reaction. Joel, have you recovered yet? <laughs> How are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I don't think I'll ever recover from this. That was, it was so beautiful <laughs> and so heart wrenching. Yeah, I'll never recover. And like Marcelo, I think it's. I texted you guys. I think it's one of the best things like out there right now. And if it keeps this pace, I it's gonna be better than anything I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess before we get to spoilers, I just want to remind everybody: if you haven't watched episode three of hbo's the last of us go watch it watch it right now is is that important to go watch it it yep i mean listen to us talk about it afterwards when you're done but you really need to go see this episode before you listen to anybody talk about it you need to kind of experience this raw um so with that being said uh you've let's... been warned spoilers ahead the spoilers are now okay so let's talk about it let's get into it guys um Oof. just really quick you know go for it this is exactly what i love about tv it's just the ability to be able to flush characters out in pretty much any any way that you can you know in game all we get from uh bill and frank is just these moments like in game you find notes and stuff like that about what happened it's all super vague you can make your own assumptions about it but to actually live it uh, is the best way to even 
personify Joel's own grief, right? It, this whole episode was about Frank and Bill, but it ended up being about how much pain and how much loss Joel is actually feeling, right? Like, it just totally hit home at the end. Like, it was crazy, guys. It was absolutely crazy. So, to tee off of that, um, it didn't hit me until literally the next day that not only is Joel still trying to process losing Tess, but literally at this point has ended up losing everybody that he knew. Everybody. Because you see, you see in the, in this episode there, this whole episode is kind of a, a flashback leading all the way back up to present day. And at some point you do see Joel, Tess, Bill and Frank, you know, hanging out together, you know, having, having lunch, having a lunch date. And it's like, yeah, Bill's still kind of like the curmudgeon that he, he kind of is in the game. But at the end of the episode, you can kind of tell that there is that respect that they had, they had for each other in a sense. Yeah. But then like, not only is the, is the realization that they are, that Bill and Frank are gone, but then also, you know, another reminder of how Joel has failed again. Like he, he, he failed multiple times throughout his life already and he hasn't recovered from it. He's not in, I don't think he ever plans at this moment in time in the story. He doesn't plan to recover. He's just living with this kind of hollowed out empty shell of himself. Yeah. I mean, 20 years later, he is still grieving over the loss of Sarah. He's not over it. You know, he hasn't processed that loss. So, you know, everything up to where we are now at the end of episode three is just him kind of just dealing with it, but he hasn't actually processed anything. And I feel like this was probably the first time that he kind of dropped his guard a little bit with, uh, with Ellie. I mean, mm. just a little bit. You're starting to see that kind of trust between the two. Um, and and yeah, you know, like for him to feel upset and sad and hurt about uh, Bill and Frank really just shows that, yeah, like when he cares about you, he cares about you, right? Like he is there for you. And again, in the game, you see these little spurts of uh, the history between Bill and uh, Bill and Joel. But now with this, because we're able to peek behind the curtain of the game, we're able to see that the relationship was developed over years. It's not something that was, you know, it's been 20 years and he's been around for a good chunk of that, I feel. So it was really interesting to see, you know, that that he was a big part of their life because he just ends up that, you know, uh, you, like knowing the kind of character Bill is for him to say, you know, later in the episode call joel is huge oh yeah like you could tell like for a man who doesn't trust anybody in the world to know that hey if i'm going to be gone joel's the only person i know that i can trust enough to take care of frank and like just make sure that he's fine um Joel, what? I'm hearing my name a lot. <laughs> I know. Well, you, Joel, um, no. just do you think that? Because some people I've I've been seeing online are saying like this is like, like this is a filler episode. It's like, like this is this has nothing to do with Joel and Ellie's story. It's like I I personally disagree, but I wanna I wanna hear your opinion on that statement. Um, well, it's my first time hearing it, and uh, honestly, I think that's garbage. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> that's my opinion on that. Um, this is, I guess you could say it is filler, it, but like you guys were saying, this really shows where Joel is emotionally by the end, right? Mm -hmm. And what he needs to do, like he, like you guys were saying, he has a process his grief, or any grief, right? Sarah, Tess, and now Bill and Frank, right? And it's, it's, it's come to a head, and we have that moment that you guys mentioned. Like, you see it. He's like, dealing with it he's he's the storm is brewing but he kind of like you know again he buries it a little and it's just it's just so much 
development that they're showing through their story too, like their beautiful story that develops. It's it's just crazy. I, I don't understand why this is so divisive already. It, it's it's like a beautiful thing. I just blows so, my mind. So it's interesting because I don't think this episode is filler at all. Mm-mm. Like it's like real. This is only like what a nine episode season, mm-hmm. roughly. So you can't really have filler in a sh- in a that short a period of time. But also, um, just the way this is told, because for sure this whole episode, the most of the story you see is Bill and Frank and their lives together. But at the end of the episode, if you really think about it, this is showing how kind of closely resembling Joel and Bill are as people. They both pretty much went through the worst of it, pretty much, you know, ended up being alone, kind of closed off to the world, sheltering themselves from everything around them. And then all it took was one person to kind of change that for Bill. So like Bill was able to kind of open up and open up his mind to love again. And then it just shows how much that bettered his life. And then you see Joel where he's been closing everybody out and keeping everybody closed out. And, you know, he's just a, a sorry, a sorry sack of shit for the most part. Mm-hmm. But like knowing where the story will lead to, you know, that once Joel starts to let in that relationship with Ellie is when he can start maybe not fully heal, but you can start the process of accepting love again. And so it's just like, it's just that interest, interesting kind of like duality to this episode where you're still telling a story here with the main characters, but you're also telling the story that not all of us were expecting. Cause I mean, fuck. When we got to the point of the episode where the Raiders were coming to try to attack um, Lincoln, right? How how many of you actually thought that this was going to be the scene where, like, Frank dies? Yeah, I mean, it it would have, like, like from, a, from, like, a story, like, telling point of view, it would make sense for it to happen there, right? Like, it would make sense for him to, for Frank to die... Uh, as Bill is trying to protect him and his town from writers. It, it makes sense. And it was interesting that it was kind of almost the other way around, right? Frank saves Bill. Um, yeah. And and it just, again, it just leads to, it, it just shows the amount of love that they have for each other as people, as partners. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think it's weird that people say this is a filler episode. I mean, if you've played the game, I mean stuff happens in this town so stuff is supposed to happen here in some ways just because it wasn't the uh interactions with ellie and bill talking shit to each other for you know 30 minutes in a game doesn't mean you know like of course everybody would have loved to seen that but it's like Mm -hmm. i i accept this (laughs) i accept this for what it is i'm happy with it and uh, I think it was necessary again to yeah. show the vulnerability that Joel can have, you right. know, because that's what was missing is we need to see a human side to Joel. Um, right. We need to see him start to break down a little bit with Ellie and start kind of, you know, really caring for her. Oh, yeah. Because, so, like, I guess spoilers for the game for people that haven't played it. Um, when they were I- interviewing like Neil and Craig for the show before it came out, like they said that they wanted they want to kind of keep to the same story beats as the video game, except for episode three. And they said episode three was going to be the m- most they deviate from the story, and now we know why. Um, to kind of give some clarity, though, the differences. In the video game, when you get to Lincoln, you kind of, you know, you're kind of navigating through Bill's traps and you end up meeting him and Bill's alone, right? He's he's just been there alone. 
Um, and like what some people I've heard say is like, oh, I wish they kind of ex- did some of the stuff from the game, from the game, you know, because you go to the school and that's where you meet the bloater for the first time. Of course, if you see the episode, that didn't happen. Um, although in the trailers, you kind of see a tiny sneak peek of like what could be the bloater. So we're probably going to get it somewhere else instead of this episode, which is fine because you know you see you see bloaters often in the game. So it's not it's not like we have to make the school like the first place we have to see it in the show. Um, yeah, but, and again, I mean that's just a video game trope to get you to the first boss of the game, right? Like that's kind of it's, it's just the, to give action in in the lulls of the moment, you know. Right. This this yeah. doesn't need that kind of uh like the that kind of action for it to be uh entertaining and immersive. I just yeah. Um yeah, so you know, in the game you meet Bill, he's just such a like just up he's just so grouchy, right? Um, and then, you know, he talks about Frank, uh, but in the video game, Frank gets bit and he hangs himself because he doesn't want to turn into, yeah. uh, one of the infected. And that's kind of where that ends. Bill is alone. He is who he is. You know, uh, if you search through the game, you find the letter that essentially Frank was also just done living with Bill. You know, he kind of, I don't know if it was, it, I don't know if it came off as like hatred for Bill, uh, but it would, it definitely was a huge shift from what we see here in this episode. So I kind of had to refresh my memory a little bit and it's Mm -hmm. actually now after watching this, it's actually more depressing than I remembered it being. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. Like after a while, Frank did get fucking like done. He was like done with like Bill's, attitude and like view on life because like bill was still like the fucking crotchety old like curmudgeon that we know him to be in the game and so frank was like i'm done you know i'm leaving and then of course um he i i think he was gonna like take the battery or go find a battery to like get out of there and then in the process he gets bit and then basically you know um he ends up hanging himself and the way you find that out is because you go into a building and you find someone hanging there and then bill comes in and he's like fuck that's frank and then that's that's where you know frank from you know that's it in the game and then you have the letter that just basically is a heated letter towards bill being like fuck you bill you know it's like you could you wouldn't change your ways and I got tired of you, so I left you and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like Yeah, and in in the game, Joel doesn't have a relationship with Frank, right? Only Bill. Yeah. So he has no idea who Frank like, is as Joel, a person. Joel had no idea who Frank was because he was like, Who right. the fuck he's like, who the fuck's Frank? And he's like, and then that's when um Bill was like, Frank was my partner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, No no one will wear the shirt that fucking ugly. <laughs> It's like, and it's like, fuck. But like now with the context of this like episode, it's so sad because after Bill and Frank meet and they have that like three years later and the first thing you hear is like Frank saying, fuck you, Bill. Yeah. Like literally, yeah. if you made it, if you made it to be more like the game, that's when they would have separated. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. And then knowing what we would what we would get after that, how fucking depressing that is that to know that yeah. all of that. 20, like ended. 17 years later, yeah. 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 You know, I guess before we get into the Bill Frank storyline that is this whole episode, you know, I guess just quickly let's touch on, you know, Ellie has her first kill in this episode. You know, she gets her first kill in the convenience store, um, which, you know, I, 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 it definitely is a moment, right? Because it takes, you know, it's not easy to, not that I would know, but it, it takes, it's not easy to kill someone or something, right? It takes a little bit of a particular type of personality and effort 
So I thought that was really interesting because, you know, she kind of played with it. You know, that wasn't, I found that whole scene very interesting where she kind of like, well, you know, make gets her first kill, right? And doesn't tell Joel about it. I was curious to see what that was about. Like, why wouldn't she have said something? But I guess, you know, Ellie is a strong, stubborn, hard-headed person, too. So um, who knows? So I thought that was interesting. And I absolutely loved as they're walking down and they see that mass grave and it zooms in on like that fabric. Right. And then the, and then you it like it like fades to the past. Right. And that's where we pick up the uh, Bill storyline. But that transition was so heartbreaking because it's literally a mother so and her child, necessary. dude. It was like, fuck, really? Like, you know what's about to happen to these people. And it's just like, fuck, like, God, it just, just, yeah. you know, like, it just pisses me off. I know this is all, like, fiction or whatever, but it's like, you know, the military would do something like this, you know? Like, this would, this is, oh, I don't know, just rubbed me yeah. the wrong way. I was like, ah, oh, these fucking Fedra people, whatever, you know? I think that's what made it upsetting. Like, it's like, it could happen, and we see it. Like, it's not of the realm of possibility. But like, oh, we'll take care of you, and then there are the results. Uh, I just wanted to say really quick, uh, when she has the knife in front of the um, oh, infected, I was thinking about what she said before. Uh, like, does it bother you that knowing that they were people once before? That ran through my mind as she was, like, right in front of it. I was like, is she actually going to do it? And then we find out she does. So uh, that was crazy seeing that. And just yeah, that transition. Oh my god, it's just rough. And you know, just outside view of you know Bill watching his little bunker, and it sets the stage for everything. Oh man, with all those guns, cameras, his maps and stuff. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say, um, just the there's so many things you could just take from that one scene with Ellie. And I, I don't know how you guys kind of viewed it in that moment, but for me, when I kind of watched that, um, knowing where she was asking is like, how's how's it feel to like know that they they were people or they are people, mm -hmm. but then a part of me kind of looked at that scene and when she was kind of like you know testing the waters to see like what would happen, and then seeing like there wasn't really a reaction to her just kind of like cutting the the seeker by the way congrats on them they actually like debuted a, a new um well not new but they debuted another version of a infected so in the first two episodes we've seen runners and clickers uh this this one was a seeker which is the in-between between a runner and a clicker when basically if a runner is living long enough then they start to evolve like the the mm -hmm. you know the the fungus and shit starts to grow even more and so you could see how they're slowly starting to become a clicker where like half of like half of their head is like having that fucking bloom come out and they still have one eye but sooner sooner or later they're gonna start to you know lose that eye and become a full clicker so it's kind of like oh that's kind of neat they actually you know decided to start showing us more and more of all the different ways that they, the infected kind of evolve and grow over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, back to, back to my original point. Um, like when I was watching the scene, I couldn't help but think like Ellie was like looking at this thing as maybe a, they, or Ellie, was feeling a little bit resentful by the fact that she got bit originally where it's like if it wasn't for the fact that i was careless that one time in the past and got bit the first time none of this would be happening right now like i wouldn't, right. I wouldn't be on this road with a guy i don't care about you know tess wouldn't have died you know and you know so on and so forth and so i kind of looked at the scene thinking there's some there's some resentment in like maybe in the back of her head a little bit as she's kind of like just sitting there just kind of you know 
pretty much playing with the fucking infected person. You know? Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I also really loved the uh, the Mortal Kombat reference there that we got. I thought that was uh, hey. I thought that was super cool. You, you got know? you got that HBO money. Might as well borrow from Netherrealm. <laughs> fucking might sure. as well why not? For the the Molina rights, right? <laughs> yeah, that was great. They don't have to pay for it. They fuck. They fucking parent company Warner Brothers do. They don't need to pay for shit. That's right. But yeah, you know, so so we get that cool ass transition, and we finally get to meet Bill. And I thought that whole montage scene was really funny. Just he was having a great time. Like the, he was built for an apocalypse right uh-huh. he, he was he's the perfect person to be in an apocalypse stereotypical um, doomsday preparer exactly yeah. exactly so it's just so funny you know because you were talking about that argument about uh you know three years later frank and bill are arguing he's talking like frank said you know oh you think what what was it like politicians are nazis and he's like they you, are all you, think, you think the whole government's full of nazis like they are nazis that, that was so great it was just such no, great timing no and the response to that's like it's like yeah now <laughs> <laughs> um gosh you know they, they had these two characters had such great chemistry the actors had such great oh, chemistry God, nick off i mean uh we've all had some exposure to Nick Offerman from like Parks and Rec and other things that he's done. Oh yeah. And Murray this was Barlett uh and Murray Barlett. God damn, what a <sighs> I know. I saw this really funny performer. this funny meme about like like the Parks and Rec crew having like the 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 season of like amazing dramas because uh you know Adam Scott was in um oh my gosh. Severance. The name De- Severance, yeah, and then you know, uh, oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on everybody right now. Aubrey Plaza's in uh, White Lotus, and now oh. Nick Offerman's in The Last of Us, and it's like all these people are such great actors; they have such great range. They can oh, take right. on more dramatic roles. Yeah, the actor who plays Frank is actually in the first season of. Uh, he is like, in the yeah, first. Yeah, he's Murray, in the White Murray, Lotus too. Murray yeah. actually was funny because there's an interview with. Um, Neil and Craig, and they're saying um, they casted uh, Murray before he went on to do White Lotus. And then after they saw all like his performance in White Lotus, they're like, we fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just, I just want to kind of throw a little bit of like more appreciation towards uh, Murray a little bit. So, you know, we get that scene where they're at you know playing the piano right mm-hmm. and frank is playing that song like like he's not a good piano player you know right um fun fact uh murray barrett is actually a really good piano player and singer and he actually had to like act bad <laughs> for that scene and it was just like oh that's so that's so good like i'm not i'm not musically inclined but i can imagine like you you you've guys played instruments a lot i could imagine like after practicing for so long it would be kind of awkward and weird to like force yourself to play bad yeah Uh, okay so let me let me ask you guys this like do you think he accepted frank so easily into his life you know because he was lonely because i just feel like he just, uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but he just agreed to help him out so quickly. Like, would you think it had to do with loneliness or do you think it was, he was just, he just felt something for him that he's like, he brought, brings him home. He cooks him dinner. He lets him shower. He gives him clothes, you know, like all this lead up I thought was so interesting for somebody who was a doomsday prepper, right? He was ready for the apocalypse. He was ready to be a loner. But then this one person comes around and then he's like, no, I'm going to let you shower in my shower. I'm going to let you eat my food. I'm going to, you know, and then then they just end up staying together for years, you know, years. Joel, I'll let you take this one first. Um, I I think uh, loneliness is a factor, but I think because he was lonely and, you know, there was someone he did feel that connection like. You know, he helped him out. He saw that he wasn't crazy. And then, you know, Frank was honest at first. So right? he was like, he didn't jump out of the hole, like ready to, you know, tackle Bill or anything. 
you know, they, yeah. they figured it out. And, you know, we see, like, the awkward steps, you know, like, <laughs> Bill, like, it's like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, have certain feelings already because he hasn't seen someone in so long. Um, I think it was just a good mix of the two, and it, it honestly felt genuine. But, I mean, Bill's not a, a dumb guy either. Like, he knows, you know, we see how smart he is in his prep. He goes out, you know, he's a generator. He sets up his perimeter. I think he knows, like, he needs someone else. Like, that loneliness is going to be detrimental. I think it was definitely a big factor for sure. What about you, Brian? So... I think what you said is true. There's there could be a lot of factors. Um, just looking at Bill, you know, he was a doomsday prepper. He didn't like people. When everybody got carted off and he was alone in Lincoln, like he was excited. You know, he he was per he was living perfectly fine on his own. And then when Frank came in. Could it have been loneliness? P possibly, you know, because everybody everybody gets lonely at some point, especially when at that point Frank or Bill was living alone for four years already. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I I genuinely think it was just like a shock. Where like yeah, it was probably his first like major interaction with somebody in a long time. Like who knows? He could have he could have caught in other people in traps before and dealt with it accordingly whoever that may be um but i think just like the like frank just like warmly kind of like opening up like to him just kind of set him off guard mm -hmm. and gave him the opportunity to kind of just like take a moment to you know be in the in the moment because, like, you see, like, you know, Frank takes a shower and then, he, like, one thing that I kind of caught on, like, instantly was when, um, when Frank was like, oh, can I, you know, can I just have five more minutes? And then you kind of look at Bill and he's like, Sh like, sure. And then, like, you see him catch himself, like, no, no, sure. You know, yeah. yeah. What? It's like, but at first he was like, it's like, all right. You know, he was... He was kind of letting him. He was kind of opening up that shell a little bit to like let his softness through. But then he caught himself. He's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, why not? You know." And then like going to dinner, you know, he prepared this dinner, and you know he was kind of like doing like the whole presentation, and then being like, "Oh, you know, I you probably I'd probably be the last person you expect to do something like this." And then you know Frank was like. It's like no, you seem like the person, you know, and just it's like saying it's like it's like no, I, I I I think I could see you, and and so it was, I think it was just a mixture of just Frank being able to have Bill open himself up, maybe to a side he didn't know or he forgot he had, who knows? Um, but it it was it was fucking adorable, you know, it was mm -hmm. it was sweet. This whole episode is adorable. You know, uh, cutting back to the end of their fight, right? They're fighting, fighting, fighting. You know, uh, Frank's getting pent up. He hates being alone. You know, he wants to spruce up the town. And uh, he talks about wanting friends and bringing friends over. And how he's been chatting with a really nice woman over the radio. Yep. That whole cutaway was so funny to me. <laughs> because he literally cut. And then it's like... You know, it's like like a couple years later and like Tess and Joel are having lunch yep. outside, sharing a bottle of wine with uh, with uh, Bill and Frank. And, you know, Bill just has Frank the and, gun on the table. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's just putting on this like he's like putting on this whole, oh, I don't trust you. Like, this is all, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and I thought was, re again, really cute is they're Joel and Tess are leaving and and then essentially the code comes up right frank and tess created the code uh mm. the 70s and 80s stuff it was so funny i love seeing that and you know just joel talking shit to bill about the quality of his of his uh of his fencing and stuff like that and he's like ah oh, i can get you this i can get you that 
and you know it just starts off and it starts building their relationship yeah. uh which i thought again was super funny you know and again it just adds to uh joel's story with them right and it's moving it forward just because we're in the past but it's still kind of showing us who he is he's not going to let somebody leave it like let them out to rot there um yeah i thought that was funny yeah, um it, it, it was pretty funny and just like the <laughs> the the chance that we actually get to see you know tess again especially since we, we lost her last episode but then like get to see kind of her and joel being more of a couple you know you know it was always like hinted at that they had a relationship but like we never got to see much that we got to see a lot more in the in the first episode but we kind of get to see a little bit more it's like yeah they you know went to go you know see bill and frank and they had like a little lunch and you know joel's kind of held at gunpoint almost but you know we get they got they got by it was fine um um but boy how innocent was the fucking strawberry scene again this whole episode is cute it's mm -hmm. cute and and again it's just this relationship that they have right like oh i traded tess uh one of your guns for the seeds and his first thought is which gun and it's just like <laughs> oh a small one like it doesn't matter <laughs> and it's just again it's just so cute it's like a, they're literally an old married couple up to this point like and you know it's just so romantic you know he planted these strawberries and it's probably something they haven't had in who knows how long and he took the time and effort to grow these for for them and stuff like that mm -hmm. and uh you know i and i think what was really interesting is that bill never really stops being a prepper you know because it was it like kind of immediately after that scene that the raiders come just about yeah right and uh, I just got to say, those those booby traps were super cool. Like, they trip the thing, the gas starts, and it starts, like, flamethrowering. Yeah. And he is just in the middle of the street just shooting. He's not taking any cover, and he's just he's just there. He's just shooting at stuff. I thought that was a, true that was a good player. action scene. Yeah, it was, that was a good action scene for me. Um, and, of course, you know, he gets shot. And immediately, you know, Frank comes and rescues him, pulls him back in. And his whole the whole time he's just worried about somebody taking care of Frank. Call Joel, he'll take care of you. Call Joel, he'll take care of you, right? That's his biggest concern. It's not for his own life. It's about who is going to take care of Frank. And again, it's just showing the amount of love and care that builds out of this and that, that he has grown into. Um and in the trust that he has in Joel, because you know Joel will come, you know that he'll take care of Frank if it if it comes to that. Mm -hmm. So, like, just just seeing all that transpire and then transitioning to ten years later. Yeah, did, well, now they're really old. Did yeah? Did you expect again another flip? Because I felt like they did that so many times in this episode did you did you expect that that flip because we last thing we saw was you know J uh bill pretty much passing out on like the table and like mm -hmm. your only assumption is like oh he's fucked up he's he's done for then the transition into not only is bill like better but now we see frank in a wheelchair yep. you know like like how how did you process that moment i well do or you joel. want do you want to speak to that joel or do you want me to go you go first i'll go after sure uh you know for me it really kind of uh what it really did was again just show you know that we're living in this apocalypse but we're still kind of prisoners in our bodies right like we can still get sick like this isn't something that we're going to escape from and again to see the amount of love and care that bill has for frank by wheeling him around feeding him you know just really taking care of him and not deserting him in any way like he is there with them he does not give up on him 
And, you know, it's just, it was just really powerful to see that even in those situations, they're still finding a way to, you know, be together and make it work until, of course, there comes this, uh, until, you know, Frank makes the decision that he's ready to die. Like, he is ready to go, and he is going to go out on his terms. Mm-hmm. Which you know it it takes a lot, right? You can you imagine being in that situation and you just telling yourself, you know what, like I'm not gonna sit here and keep wasting away, like I'm done. And it was so cute. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to anything, Joel, but like I was, I'm getting kind of like you know in the ending. If you notice, like Bill gives him the same bottle of wine from the first day they met. Uh, he cooks him the same exact dinner from the first day they met. So he just really tees it up for him. And for me, I didn't see the ending coming where he would kind of drink it himself too, where he had already crushed the pills up and had put them in the wine bottle that they shared together. I actually didn't see that coming. I was expecting for Frank to die and then Bill to still be there and meet Joel and Ellie. That's kind of how I thought this episode was going to end. Mm-hmm. But I think it's much more poetic, of course, for him to have been, uh, to for him to have, go out with Frank on his terms together. Because at the end of the day, once Frank died, you know, that's all he had. That's who his person was. Mm-hmm. And for him to, uh, I, I, still, I still love it. He's like, I'm old. I'm satisfied. Like, that's it. Like, he knows there's nothing else. What what else is there besides Frank for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, oh, fuck, it's so heavy, so good. And just, you know, they go out in their own terms. I was lightweight worried that either he was going to maybe go back on it or whatever, or he's, you know, they have that long pan before he drinks it. It's like, oh, is he going to... Is he going to, you know, maybe say, you know, maybe another day. I was actually expecting them to take the drinks and then Joel and Ellie show up. Like, oh, shit, they need their help oh, like, and they're about to go day. out. Oh, yeah, but no, we get something much more, you know, uh, sort of final and kind of like poetic and stuff. And we just go out together and, you know, again, they say they're satisfied. They recreate their first day. It's. It's just so well done, and you know, want to you know be together in the end, each other's arms, and you know they both drink the white enough to kill a horse. He says, right? <laughs> so they're gonna go out together. They wheel each other into the room, and then you know we see this little time jump too. It's like I wouldn't say not like a year, but there's time that's gone by. There's like it's, yeah, there's there's there's, there's like, a couple like months. A, it's, like a, it's like a month or two. Yeah, yeah it's very recent actually. Head, and you see Joel, he knows this right away. Flowers are not kept up. Uh, you know, they go inside, just hesitance, and yeah, just that, that was just wow. Like, I am at a loss of words, it's so powerful. And oh, like, fuck it. Like, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the moment, especially after Ellie found the letter and read it, that Joel is finally at this place where he has lost everything, like, everything that was, I, you know, important to him that he cared for or, you know, up to that point, because, you know, he was genuinely concerned about where Frank and Bill were like, he was like, he was like concerned. Less like, people who else? Right. Exactly. He was like, oh, we know these people. This is a safe place. Like we're, we know what we're going to find here. And um, yeah, I mean, for him to have to go outside and like, you know, just like really kind that of let was, that emotion out. Yeah, that yeah. was fucking it was almost powerful in its own right, just because, like, you know, we've seen Joel, we've seen him just like be this guy who's just like, you know, he muscles through it, but in a way, he's like almost getting like claustrophobic, and he he had to leave like mm-hmm. the house for a second to kind of just like center himself again. And it's like you see, he's cracking a little bit, you know. Yeah, that, that tough exterior is not built to last anymore. Yeah, I mean, him having to hear these guns are for you to keep tests safe. I mean, oh man, that's uh, yeah, whew, that was a reminder of his failure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, we finally get the truck, and uh, well, if we know the game, we know what's next. We know, we know what action scene 
what action sequences coming up next in the game. But, you know, what a again, this episode was so well written, so well shot, so well acted like. It, it, it like, oh, gosh, I don't know. I don't know what else to look forward to, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> besides besides the rest of the season, of course, but like, I just don't think we're going to get as I think we're just kind of going to now we're going to start rolling like full ahead action. There's just so much to cover now. Especially on the, on the journey to go find. Um... Tommy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to find Tommy. Um... I know we get a big battle tank next episode. Yeah. I'm actually interested to see how they do that. that Cause that was what, that was a wild sequence too. Um, I kind of want to just like give props to how they handled this episode because in in media in general there's not often that we get such good examples of representation as far as um like the lgbt uh community because it's it's a very big stereotype for love stories for uh gay people to have something bad happen to them and then when that said bad thing happens usually the partner will um kill themselves and i actually had to like you know uh find some information but there's a part of the scene when they're at the dinner table right and it's like the night of you know the last day um Bill says, uh, this isn't the suicide play. And so when I first heard that, I was like, it's like, okay. It's like, what does that mean? And it turns out that's a reference to how old plays would use that MacGuffin where there'd be two gay characters, one dies, and then the other one commits suicide because they can't live with the fact that you know, they have to be in this world, you know, knowing that their partner's dead kind of thing. And so it was just interesting to have that, like, be brought about. And then also just doing some research. Um, the director of this episode, um, I apologize if I get the name, the last name wrong, but Peter, uh, Peter Hoare. Um, is a a married gay man. Um, also, um, Murray Barlett, Frank, is also a married gay man. And I believe the editor, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but also the editor is also um, gay as well. So it's like they, they made sure that the people who were like really in charge of how this ep- episode went made sure to try to bring as much authenticity as possible to this episode and i feel like it the the amount of effort that they put into actually like was good because goddamn, this was this was like you said marcel at the beginning of this this was like probably the best thing on television not just like for video game annotations not just for like pop culture tv shows but just tv in general this is a fantastic episode like piece of television um but yeah like it's so wild to think this is only the third episode like this mm-hmm. this feels like it would be something that's nearing like the end of the series kind yep. of deal but like the fact that we have still so much journey to go and i'll admit before this episode i was like oh bill's bill's funny for a period of time and then afterwards you kind of like all right that was bill but like now like when i go back and play the game again i i will not be able to not think about this episode and like this episode maybe care about bill and frank like so much it really does yeah yeah man shit like <laughs> and then of course like you said like they um another plot point um you know when Joel and Ellie are 
gathering up equipment and supplies and stuff before they leave. You know, they, you know, they get cleaned up and everything. Um, Ellie opens a drawer and she finds Frank's pistol that he had during the night of the raid. And then she takes it and stashes it in her bag. So now Ellie has a gun and Joel doesn't know this. So there's that little bit of added kind of, um, intrigue i guess for lack of a better word just to kind of see like where that will come into play whether it comes in next episode or you know it kind of creates this bonding moment for joel and ellie it's like well fuck you have a gun already i guess i'll show you how to use it kind of deal but the ending of this episode i felt was just so perfect because you know they start driving away you know Ellie, like, is amazed by a vehicle because she's never been in a car before. That was adorable. But then she pops in this cassette tape and it starts playing the song that they played on the piano. And then as they're driving away and the camera starts to pull back and it's going into the window of Bill and Frank's bedroom and then it stops on that very iconic menu screen of the game of the window with the breeze blowing in and then the episode ends it was such a fucking beautiful ending to the episode it looked very much like the title screen from the game right it did and it was just it was so it was so perfectly done ah I, oh almost almost halfway there <laughs> almost almost halfway there um so Joel, I want to ask you this. Um, just kind of like an overall, like, what would you what would you say if there was no more of you know The Last of Us? If for some reason something happened, like the show got canceled, would you still think that the series was like? What would you still think of the series? Would you still think it was like a good thing? Like if it ended right with episode three? Yes. Yeah. That that was I was just thinking like what you guys were talking. Like that episode three was a better episode than some finales that we know of, right? <laughs> that was just so well constructed. It reminds me a lot of uh you know a a a good love like uh the San Junipero episode of Black Mirror, you know. It's there is some tragic and, and a little bit of triumph, you know. It's it's just beautiful, you know, and it just we were talking about it before, but this this episode fucking deserves awards. Like I I cannot fathom why it would not, but I'm sure there's reasons. But it, it's just so masterfully done. And you know, if we didn't get another episode, I guess that's it, right? <laughs> it had that perfect ending, like you said, like the menu screen. It's like, well, I guess if you really want to find out the rest of the story, you gotta play the game, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, Remastered version out now. We've we've gotten like some of the best TV with only three episodes and I'd be satisfied. Yeah. But you know what? We still have a lot more to go. Yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is what happens when the people who created the source material have the control over this kind of stuff to be able to see it through and, you know, the changes that they've made that, that, that kind of separate it from the source you know, it's it's all well thought out. It's not like, oh, we just need to do it because, you know, TV, TV, TV is not a video game. Yeah, we all get that. But there's still a lot of take care and consideration being taken into these small changes because it's still driving the story forward. It hasn't changed anything about how this game, uh, how, how this season is or should end. Like the plot is still... You know, if you play the game, you're still on track with whatever's going on in the game. Like, it's still moving in a good direction. Mm. And who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I think next week, the biggest thing is, you know, um, in the game, they find Tommy at a power plant or something like that. And here we're going straight to Wyoming. Or when whenever I feel like I think I, I read that somewhere that that's kind of the a digression there because I feel like in the game Tommy's on 
is on his way to Wyoming, but he hasn't gotten there yet. He could, he's kind of like in between. Uh, I don't remember really. Maybe I could be totally wrong, but I feel like that's another change. Um, that's because, a really because from what I think, from what I saw is that Tommy will already be in Wyoming in the settlement where we meet characters like Dina and stuff in the last of us part two. So we'll already be there by now. So I'm interested to see if they're going to start introducing characters from the last of us part two, uh, in the next couple episodes. I didn't hear about that. That's actually interesting. I think it would make sense of course, cause you got to start setting up a little bit for part two, but, um, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's the path that they're taking. I mean, it makes sense because, like, they, they do go there, mm-hmm. and that's where they end up. So it's like, it, it makes sense that they would have some of the characters, like, be there, like, show yeah. up. Like, even though if we don't really get a, a full interaction with them, just to kind of see them being there. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not out of the room of possibility. Right. So we'll see, but <sighs> I'm going to go rewatch this now. Bruh, I'll probably end up rewatching this for a, a long time. And when HBO fucking releases that Blu-ray, you better best believe I'll be buying that shit. Especially now, holy fuck. That that deserves to be recorded and archived for fucking TV history. Um all right. Um I guess since we're winding down, I'll Get your last thoughts, Joel. I want to hear your overall thoughts. Anything that you haven't expressed already? Uh, just you see a man who I thought would have little to no care have like the most humanity in the end, and then you see you know this broken man get broken a little further, but maybe he'll he'll start his journey to realize what he's been through. And, you know, we'll see what happens next in that shitty uh, uh, Chevy S10, but you guys. <laughs> Marcel? No, yeah, this was, again, just like to Joel's point, this was a story about a character who we only touch briefly in this game, and he made it one of the most lovable and most memorable characters in this show that I think people will talk about for quite some time. I think, you know, I, I was really happy with this episode, and um yeah i think if you want it's funny to say because it doesn't really dive into what the infected are but if you want to show somebody a good episode of tv standalone this is what i would pick i think you know because it's not it's a hard it's a hard episode not to like want to say hey you need to watch this like go watch it like go watch it go enjoy it and i really do hope that the people involved with the production of this episode get the recognition that they deserve you know fuck all those like people like review bombing on imdb and stuff like that because it's all bullshit uh this episode was great you know yeah it's like i can understand that you would prefer other things than the other but like still this this is the perfect representation of what the message of last of us is where it's a story about love. You see the beauty and you see the, the basically the, the ugly side of love. And we got to see the beautiful side in this episode, which means yeah. we're probably gearing up to see a whole lot of ugliness. <laughs> yeah. This is, up. this is the last about that. This is definitely the last of what we're, uh, this is the, definitely the last of this like bright and shining, happy, happy uh, content that we'll be getting because it just gets so dark from here on out. It, does. Mm. it gets it gets fucking wild. I can't wait. Yep. That ending. That end. Want to see how far they go? I know. Well, of course, we will be back for the next episode next week. Hell yeah. But of course, if you haven't seen episodes one and two of The Last of Us, you can go back and watch those now on YouTube, and you can listen to them on podcast services. Of course, this has been United Reviews. And remember, everybody, 
Until next time. Keep on learning. We'll get an S10. Love will provide. Oh, my.